Amen. I guess this standing like the weight of the Bible. The scripture is just weighty. Please join me today in the reading of our scripture. Uh, we are coming out of the Gospel of John, uh, chapters 12, uh, 12 through 16, and it reads, The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. The word of God for the people of God. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing, all that you have done, and all that is yet to be seen. In Jesus' name, amen. It is funny, as you begin to look at the scripture, how rich it is in detail. It is amazing to look at this portion of scripture and see all that it contains. This particular portion of scripture begins with the words on the next day. Why is that important? It is important because we find that uh, the scripture indicates that Jesus came to Bethany six days prior to Passover. Here in the scripture, it says on the next day. And if my math is correct, six minus one is five. It was customary for Jewish families to select uh, their Passover lamb five days before. They then examined that lamb for the next four days to ensure that without, they were without spot or wrinkle according to the law given by Moses. Six minus one is five. So Jesus came in five days before Passover and was taken captive and before he was slain or hung on the cross, he was examined for four days to determine that this lamb of God was without spot or wrinkle. It is funny because you will find that Pilate then stands up at the end of this testing and says, uh, uh, standing on the seat of judgment, I have found no charge, there is no crime. On the next day, this large crowd came to the feast and they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem on that next day. They then took branches of palm trees and went down to meet him. Branches of palm trees. Hmm. You see, uh, uh, some theologians would say from two centuries prior, waving of palm branches was a national symbol of fervent hope that the Messianic liberator was arriving. Now, there is some contention on that, but, but one thing that, that is sure, no matter who you read, no matter what you look at, is that those palm branches is a symbol of triumph and of victory. The, the, the people waving those palm branches begin to shout, Hosanna! Loosely translated meaning, save. They saw Jesus as their deliverer, 
and as their Savior. They then yell, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. They begin to quote from Psalm 118, the Messianic quote that, that recognized him as Messiah, as the King of Israel. And then in verse 14, it says, Jesus finding a donkey set on it as it is written. The donkey, a symbol that he comes in peace. A donkey that said that, that I am not coming to war, but that I come in peace. And quite frankly, people of God, this is where the misunderstanding began to happen in this portion of scripture. You see, the people were, were, were happy uh, that, that Jesus was coming. They recognized Jesus to be the Messiah. They, they waved the branches. They, they quoted the scripture, but they were looking at their current situation as they were oppressed by Rome. And so they forgot all the other prophecies that had come that said that Jesus would save them from their sins. They forgot the prophecies that said that he would die uh, for them. They forgot all of those. And what they expected was not a gentle Jesus riding in on a donkey, but a, a, a warrior king to ride in in a chariot or on a steed. Let, let's get this party going. We want you, Jesus, to fight to liberate us. Why are we uh, under this oppression? We have Jesus coming. He's going to fight for us. And we, by all means, shall be free of this oppression of today. But their expectation was off. Their expectation was, was, was off. You see, Jesus didn't come just to save them from that day, but Jesus came to save them from that day on. Jesus did not come to, to, to war in, in the way that they were looking at where it's all flesh and blood, but Jesus came with a spiritual uh, a significance that they just seemed to miss. You see, Jesus was exactly what they needed, but did not come exactly as they had planned. It's funny. Jesus coming in peace to do exactly what the prophet said that he would do. For when he was afar off, the scripture says he saw the people and knowing that they would miss it, he began to weep. He knew that they wouldn't see it the way that, 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 that it was plainly being shown in front of them. Therefore, these same people that yell, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord on that day. By the end of the week, we're yelling, crucify him. My God. My God. It's amazing how in such a short period of time, their tone and their message would change. And thinking about this, it reminds me a lot of, uh, of some of the things that I've seen over the last week or so. You see, in, in this time, it is very popular, especially uh, with, with the brothers in the church, if you will, this thing called March Madness. And at the beginning of it, everybody uh, in our virtual space, I am in Oklahoma, so it, it is what it is. But at the beginning of everything, People were yelling, yeah, you know, my, my, my dad went to OU, so I, boomer sooner, we're going to win it all. Until all of a sudden the expectation was not met and they lost the game. 
And then they took off their crimson and cream wig and began to say, well, you know, I love my dad, but my mama went to the, the other state institution. I'm sorry, it's a little hard for me. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I love you all. My mom went to OSU, and as a result, you know, uh, I knew that they would win. I was just trying to be nice to dad, and they put on their orange and black wigs and begin to shout and, 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 and do all the things that, that signified that they were diehard fans of O-State until the expectation was not met. And then they said, all right, well, you know, I, I, my, my, my dad liked OU, and I'm, you know, I liked OU. Don't get me wrong. My mama uh, uh, was good with O-State, and I like O-State, but you know, I love Jesus. And since I love Jesus, Oral Roberts, that, that is my school. And so, you know, uh, O-R-U has always been my school, and I'm going to root for, for Oral Roberts. And, and, and they rooted in their, their, their colors as long as Oral Roberts was dribbling the ball, but then at the end of the game where the other team dribbled off 20 seconds of the clock, no, I didn't yell at the TV while I watched it, uh, and, and they didn't meet the expectation, all of a sudden, they said, you know, I still love Jesus, but I grew up in the Big 12, and the Big 12 says that Baylor should win it all, and so my mama's friend's cousin's uncle's neighbor said, Baylor, when I was five, and I, you know, green and gold, that's me, I'm BU all the way, and they ran with that. Now, it is these bandwagon fans that will get to the end of the championship game not knowing who will win, but they know that they will be all of the sudden on their side. This, unfortunately, as funny as it may have been, is really what happened in the scripture. There are those of, of, of us in the sports world that no matter what, we'll stick with our teams, win, lose, or tie. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I watched OU with an OU mask on, and when the game was over, my mask stayed on, and I talked to people about the good things that OU did, not because they won, but because it's my school. The question is this. Are you bandwagon? not as it relates to a school or a basketball game, but bandwagon as it relates to your, your faith and your connection. You see, these followers, I use that loosely, found in the scripture, were extremely bandwagon. They yelled, Hosanna, until they didn't get what they wanted. Some would contend that their, their voices uh, 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 towards crucify him got louder over the days as they became more and more assured that they just weren't going to get what they expected. It is these followers that, that wave the branches signifying that they believe that Jesus was the Messiah. It was these followers who threw their cloaks and their branches in the street as the donkey began to ride through town. It is these followers that quoted the scriptures that they had learned all of their lives. It was these followers that needed exactly what Jesus had to give them that changed their tune when their individual expectations weren't met. So I ask you today, what type of follower are you? 
Do you crucify your prayer life when you don't get that job that you prayed for? Do you abandon your, your, your hope in God when that house or that car doesn't come into fruition? Do you forget the words and the promises of God when all of a sudden your emotions become so charged that you can't see the forest for the trees, as my mom would say? When you get that diagnosis that you weren't counting on, does your faith stay sure? Or do your questions overwhelm everything else within you? You see, my question today is when God fails to live up to your expectations, do you still believe that all things will work together for the good? When God fails to live up to your expectations, do you still believe that God's love is overflowing? Can you, with tears in your eyes, Declare, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord, no matter what challenge or situation you may face. And stay there, no matter what. When God defies your will, will you still stand as Jesus did in the garden and say, not my will, but thine be done, when he comes differently than you thought can you accept his love even if it is through a stranger, someone that does not look like you, does not live where you live, and does not operate like you operate? You see, as we seek in this time of Lent to be more connected to God, this is a question we all must answer. Are you a true follower of Christ, one that will not be a uh, 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 tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, one that will not jump ship when the expectations that you had aren't met, or are you a bandwagon follower that just goes along with the crowd and what's ever popular, and in the end, hopefully, I find myself on the right side? Today, people of God, I invite you to solidify your connection with God. I invite us collectively to solidify our connection with God. I, I invite us to, to yell from the, the, the tops of our proverbial mountains, God, I trust you. God, I love you. Hosanna, blessed be the one that comes in the name of the Lord. And stay right there. Stay right there, people of God. It is imperative in this time, in this time of a pandemic, in this time of unrest, in this time where, where so many things are happening that we know what we believe in, who we believe in, and stand on that no matter what. It is imperative that as we have welcomed Jesus into our hearts all those years ago, all those days ago, or for some of us all those hours or minutes ago, with Hosanna on our lips, that we maintain that same Hosanna through all of life's challenges, all of life's trials, and yes, all of life's triumphs. People of God, make sure that before during and after anything you may face, your faith remains secure. Make sure 
that the Hosanna that you have in good times is the Hosanna that you have in which you view as bad times. Make sure that the Hosannas that you remember and that you speak on this day never end. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.